Angel Heart Radio programs should not be used to replace your legal or medical advice, nor your own sound judgment. In truth, nothing can dim your magnificence. You are a divine spark, a universal light. You are here on purpose. You are part of a divine plan. And it's our joy to support you. We're here to celebrate you. Welcome to Angel Heart Radio. Powered by love, Angel Heart Radio is brought to you by angellight777.com. Great news, everyone. Angel Heart Radio is now live streaming on our Facebook page and we have a fully searchable, brilliant podcast platform for you at angelheartlisten.com. Living Astrology with Annette McCoy and co-host astrologer Janet Hickox on Angel Heart Radio starts now. Thank you, wherever you are, for joining us here on Angel Heart Radio. As it says on screen, I'm Annette McCoy and with me is Janet Hickox. And Janet is always with me on the fourth week of the month. Fourth Wednesday or Thursday, I guess it is your time. That's right. Well, today we're talking about basics in astrology. Right. I had this thought the other day. Yeah, and I thought, wow, you know, how long has it been since I've gone through sort of the basics of human design in particular, um, or astrology, that type of thing. And uh, I thought it would be a good time as, you know, we always are getting new listeners. I get new listeners in the morning, even when I do my my daily show. And uh, I, I started doing that today with them, sort of like, okay, let's go back to the basics in human design or in astrology. So because okay. people, you're right, we might have listeners here, watchers here on Angel Heart Radio who are tuning in for the first time or the first time with you. And Monday to Friday, US time, which is Tuesday to Saturday for us here in Australia, <laughs> New Zealand, etc., uh, you present a show, don't you? I do, indeed. It's called Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. And uh, it is at 8 a.m. Pacific time on uh, Monday through Friday, my time. So Tuesday through Friday, Saturday, your time. The beauty yeah. of it is, though, of course, as with this show that we do on Angel Heart Radio, it's once we're, it's, we've gone live, it's there for everybody to That's right. listen in That's right. anytime. Yes. And uh, so you can literally find it anywhere. You can just Google Living Astrology with Janet Hickox, and I bet you'll find it. I'm actually going to share a screen right now. Um, so what I'm doing right now is broadcasting my screen with a human design chart on it. And right. human design is a type of astrology. So people you know, may not be as familiar with this. So you, you notice that you know, there are planets and symbols that resemble things that you might see in a regular astrology chart. And that means mm-hmm. that you know, there is indeed astrology-based this is astrology based, but human design is a sort of uh, coming together of four uh, divine, or uh, what would, could we call them, divine systems of uh, divination or div- divination systems with two cutting edge sciences, and they're blended together in a way that is so coherent. I just oh, every time I get to explain it, I just feel so excited by that. So the elements here that we see are, of course, astrological, right, with the Mm -hmm. sun, the moon, the planets all sitting here. 
and it's based on your birth date, your birth time, and your birthplace, just like a regular astrology chart would be. But when we get to the point where we're generating the chart, we don't get the circular chart like you would see in an astrology chart. Instead, we get this beautiful body graph. Uh, and to complete what I was saying here, we have this based on astrology, the uh, Chinese I Ching, the Hindu chakra system, right? You can see sort of the elements here of these yes. uh, geometric centers. And as well, if I were to flip this upside down, um, it would look a lot like the uh, Jewish tree of life or the Jewish Kabbalah. And so we have these four wisdom traditions all encoded in here. And then we have two sciences, cutting edge sciences that we can also interpret through this. One being quantum physics, where what we see here is how we are designed to be in relationship with one another and what mm -hmm. our own personality is. Uh, versus what someone else's personality is. And it kind of teaches you how to make decisions that are correct for you instead of you making decisions that are maybe culturally acceptable or conditioned for you by your family and the people that you've grown up with. And the last thing that this is the part where this coherence comes in that I so love is that there's an element here of the human genome system, where in the human genome, we have 64 codons in your, in, in your strand of DNA, in all of your strands of DNA. And there are 64 gates here in your human design template, which relate to the traits that are expressed through your DNA. And in the ancient I Ching, the I Ching had 64 hexagrams or 64 ways of looking at human life. So, you know, in these ancient systems, we, there, there was no way they knew how many, you know, codons there were in our DNA. They, they just wouldn't have had a way to do that um, unless they were star people and they were the ones that planted humans here, uh, you know, and that's a possibility, I suppose, but the the idea that there would be a divination system based on 64 and then a human design astrology system also based on 64 and our our human dna with those 64 codons mm -hmm. it's just extraordinary and yes. so we have this really this is very complex. I get it when you first look at it. It's like, oh, God, what am I going to get from this, right? Um, but for the most part, it really is. There we go. I can do this. But then we still see his birth information. So we'll go back. Uh, anyway, it is an extraordinary system, but it takes um, a little bit of a different context for you to understand yourself through it. So rather than a 12 signed zodiac in human design we have five types five energy types we call them and uh -huh. that type is based on your birth date birth time birth place and it mm -hmm. tells you what kind you are this particular person's type is a manifesting generator and a manifesting generator for example is one of the types that has a lot of vitality and life force energy that comes with them they have a defined sacral center. This red square down here at the bottom is the sacral. Mm -hmm. And they have one of the four motors, which don't get too caught up in that, but the motors are the sacral, the will center, the emotional center, and the root center. If one of those centers gets their energy right up to the throat center, then they are a manifesting generator. 
And this person, as you can mm -hmm. see, has a, the emotional, this is the solar plexus that goes straight to the throat. And that therefore this person, uh, actually it has to go a little bit differently. How does this work? Let's break this down because this is a motor. So it's going straight to the throat. I, I was thinking it had to be the sacral, but it does not. Um, mm -hmm. So the emotional center makes it to the throat, i.e. this is a manifesting generator. Now, if this red sacral square was here, but none of the energy made it up to the throat from these motors, this would be a pure generator. So though that takes two of our types. Generators, manifesting generators are here to build something. They're the workhorses, right? They're here to do the work of the world. And about 70% of the population, uh, right now anyway, are generator types. Mm -hmm. Now, the third type that is... Um, uh, here on the planet right now are called projectors. And they make up about 22 to 23% perhaps of the population. And a projector has no energy here in this center. It is a white center. And mm. that means that they do not have access to sustainable life force energy. And so they have to live their lives completely different than the generators do. And here they are, only 22% or so of the population living in a world where 70% of the people are generating work and have the stamina and the vitality and the life force to be able to do that work consistently every day. And if a projector tries to do that, they are going to burn themselves out. So they have to live their life as leaders or guides or orchestrators, right? They're, they're mm -hmm. here to lead, guide, manage the, the generators and the manifesting generators. But unfortunately, because most people do not understand that this is a completely different energy type, they get termed lazy or they get, you know, they, they try to keep up with all of the generators and they eventually blow out their energy. They end up in bed sick for months at a time or they end up with autoimmune diseases and so forth. So we have this setup here where it is so important to know yourself, right? To know wow. your truth. And then- Janet, That fascinates me. <laughs> it is. Wow, wow, wow. And I'd like to welcome Gabby to our um, show thank you so much for um saying that you're there gabby that's exciting hi gabby um so Sorry, the other there, no 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 go right ahead i love that people are there to chat hopefully we get more i love that mm -hmm. um, so there are two other types that are less um percentages of the population than the generators manifesting generators and the uh, projectors the next one would be the manifester and the manifester is a type that has no access to sustainable life force energy. So they are also in this center. It is white. And yet they have uh, a motor other than the sacral going up to the throat center. So they have a lot of energy, but their energy is not sustainable. So they're the creators or what we would say the initiators of action in the world. And they make up, I think I said, I'm not sure if I said it, 8% of the population. So mm -hmm. a smaller percentage, but they're, the here, they're here to, to start things and they don't necessarily need to finish things. 
So again, you could think about the workhorses, the 70% of the, of the population that, you know, believe that you go to work and you stay at your work and you do your work and then you're done and then you go home well, right. uh, or, or you stay, you know, this, you stay the course, you have an endurance, you have perseverance. Well, if manifestors go out in the world and try to do that, they too will blow out their energy or end up in a, in a, a burnout situation. Manifestors are just here to initiate, but you can imagine how people around them might think they're flaky or might think that they don't, you know, stick to the things that they say they're going to do uh, because they are uh, often kind of starting something and not finishing it, but that's who they're here to be, right? That's who they're here to be. It's genuine for them to do that. It is disingenuous for them to, to start something and finish it. Now, that doesn't mean that they will never finish something that they start. I know plenty of manifestors who have given birth to children and they raise those children all the way to, you, you know, the time that they leave home. Um, if it's important to a manifestor, they will stick with it. If it's not so important, then they just do the starting end. They pass it off to a generator or a manifesting generator to take care of the finish up. And now, Janet, can we yeah. just have a little interruption there as well? Uh -huh. after, but because Sarah has joined us and she's making a comment saying, splenic projector, I have had such a bad time with my health. Too many invitations, oh, too many invitations, too much pressure, but I will move through it one step at a time. Um, so I wonder if, what was her name again? Sarah. Sarah? And um, she says she's a splenic projector. Would she be willing to share her birth details with us so that we can pull up her chart and take a look at that? Well, we've asked her, Sarah, if you would be happy to share. We need your time, place, and year. Yeah, exactly. So while we're waiting for her, um, what, is she, what she's basically saying as a splenic projector is that she has no sacral defined here. So she's open here, and she has a defined spleen. This is the spleen center, which is the center for time, intuition, health, also um, survival energy. And it must be connected up to maybe the root center because otherwise it wouldn't be defined in her chart. Um, maybe it's connected up to the throat. Um, it's got to be connected somewhere. Um, and it would be good to know. So a splenic projector is someone who is here to wait for the invitation to start something, to get into something, to the, uh, an invitation into the big things in life, let's say, relationships wow. or a job or relocating or large purchases, say a home or a, a, a car in, in this day and age is expensive too. Um, so she's meant to wait for the invitations. And what I think I hear her saying uh, through the chat is that she's getting a lot of invitations. Now, how do I tell which one to get right. into, right? That's where yeah. being a splenic projector comes in handy here because it means that she's intuitive and that right. in, the, in the moment that somebody invites her into something, it's like something goes off in her body or in her beingness that says yes, or says no, or says do this, or don't do that, or not now, or next week, or something like that. Her, she's going through a process in her body. And okay. I think well, sometimes we get sort of caught off guard. When we, we think of intuition, I think sometimes we think of it as being somewhere in our minds. 
um, that I'm going to hear words or something that say do it or don't do it. But literally, it's the body that responds in the uh, spleen. It is instinct. Right. And there's that we physical reaction. Oh, we, we do? do have serious details. Yes. Ah, so let's uh, see. Let's add it in here. So one moment. I Did she share her last name or just her first name? Uh, no, we do have um, Sarah Ravenay. Uh, sorry, Raven's, Raven's Eye. Hey, I have her in here. Ah, good. Oh, 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 let's look and see. She may have gotten her chart before I was actually, when I had a different computer. Um, what was her real, is that her real last name? I don't know. Uh, I can give you the details. Let's just do that. It will save us time. Okay, right. so Raven. 3.25 p.m. Uh, female, hold on, 325 p.m. So that's 1525. And what date? On the 25th of October. 25 October. 91. Oh, wow. She's the same age as my son. And mm. what city was she born in? Uh, Lincoln City in Oregon. Oregon was a fabulous state. I was just there. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Okay. State. Yeah, I was just there. I love Oregon. So here is our oh, dear Sarah's chart. name is Kirkland. Ah, uh, okay. It's okay. I just put you in as Raven's eye now. So next time, if you need a chart, <laughs> <laughs> remind me that I put it under that eye, that eye, that name. <laughs> so indeed here. So in stark contrast to the other chart that we were just looking at, look at this. Right. Look at how much energy was defined in this person's chart versus Sarah's chart. Right. right. Same human design template, but completely different energy. This person has a lot of, of energy that he's broadcasting. Sarah, on the other hand, has a lot of energy. These white centers, the energy here is where they take this energy in from around them. So from the people who are broadcasting or from transiting planets, and they take that in, and they tend to amplify that energy and rebroadcast it. Thus, the problem can begin because they're broadcasting energy that isn't naturally their own. So imagine this. Remember I said that there was a quantum physics element to human design. Well, yes. the quantum physics part comes in like this. Let's say this is a married couple, and this person is broadcasting all of this energy and uh, the, they have two centers in common, but every other center that he's broadcasting, which is the sacral, the identity, the throat, and the ajna, she's taking in, and she's amplifying it. And now she becomes more busy, more active, more, um, more generator-like than even he is, because the, until she knows that this is what's happening... She can consciously now go, oh, wait a minute, that isn't my energy, that's his energy. I'm trying to be a doer when I'm actually a leader, and he's mm -hmm. the doer. So that is how we can really use human design to our best aspects, because we can see very visibly right here how different these two people are. It doesn't mean mm -hmm. they can't be in relationship, but it does mean that there's some tricks and you know, trickiness in a relationship that would be built like this. But a human design reading can help you do that. But if first, most, most importantly, you need to know who you are. So Sarah, you need to know how open you are and how susceptible you are to taking in the energy from anyone around you 
not just this person here, but anybody. So you put yourself into a situation where you're in a store or at a party or a family gathering and all of those centers are taking in that energy. And so it's hard for you to tease out what is you and what isn't you. Now you know anything of um, these kinds of energies where you're feeling like you have to compete, where you're feeling like you have some, uh, some I set identity, uh, where you have some certainty in the way that you're thinking, that tells you that you are taking in somebody else's energy. Yet down here is this very beautiful connection that you have from the root center to the, um, the spleen center. And that is someone who is very, very intuitive, right? Somebody who can really tap in to what is going on, what the answers are to the questions that are coming up, i.e. an invitation. Someone invites you in almost in the moment that that invitation is, is given to you. And there's an answer that is provided by your body as to whether or not this is correct for you. And the more you learn to trust that, the more that you find yourself engaging in the right opportunities. And then perhaps if you're thinking that there are way too many invitations, what is it that you're thinking of as an invitation? Because maybe what you think is an invitation really isn't, right? You could be trying to respond to something, which is what generators would do, instead of actually waiting for someone to say, hey, Sarah, we have this project that we're working on. We would love it. <laughs> Siri thinks I'm talking to him. Um, uh, Sarah, we have this project that we would really love you to work on with us. Are you game? That's a literal invitation. But somebody just talking about it and you happen to be standing there with them and, you know, uh, that's definitely not an invitation. Well, Sarah has said exactly. Sometimes I go to work and I feel calm and then anxiety or uh, sorry, happy, um, calm, and then anxiety or happiness hit me, and I go, what? <laughs> what? Where did that come from? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Now, Sarah's wrapped in what she has been told, and Gabby is wondering if she gives you her details, can she too? Um, she can indeed. Does get, did she already put her details there? or She hasn't, but she will, I'm but sure. Let's so, do it. Um, this is so good. And yes, how wonderful that you're able to speak specifically, Janet, um, today to, while yeah. you're explaining. Now, while we're waiting for Gabby to give us her birth deets, um, yes. there's one more type that we haven't talked about, and that is mm -hmm. the reflector. And literally, it is the rarest type in all of human design. And it is a type of less than 1% of the population. And, mm. and, and they're just, they're just rare. And, uh, and a, um, I'm going to move this out of the way for a minute. A reflector would have all of these centers white. There would be nothing defined. Mm. When I say defined, it's in color. When it's mm -hmm. white, it's undefined or open. So somebody who was a reflector would have all of that white. In order for them to make a proper decision, they have to wait 28 days, the full cycle of the moon. They are lunar beings. And after that point, then they can make a good decision. Up until that point, they cannot. So Not. very rare type. Uh, I just, I can't believe it. In one week, I had two reflectors. That's unheard of. 
right? Yeah. Uh, before that, maybe I had two in the whole, you know, number of years, seven years I've been doing human design. <laughs> and, and in one week I had two. So it makes me go, hmm, are they showing up in higher numbers in the population? So. Wow. Okay. So Gabby is asking, she has her details here. Uh, do, do you require her birth last name or her last name now? It doesn't matter. It's just so that I can find her in our, in my uh, program. Okay. So Gabby Forrester. F-O-R-R-E-S-T-E-R. There we go. Gabby, is it G-A-B-B-Y? Yes. Okay. And birth date? 13th of September, 68. And what time? 5 p.m. So that's 1700. And what city? Geraldton in Western Australia. Okay, can you spell Geraldton for me? Yes, G-E-R-A-L-D-T-O-N. Let's see here. Uh, good, found it easily enough. Uh, is that West, uh, A-W-S-T, Western Australian time? Australia, okay. sorry, yes. Okay, good. So let's see here, Gabby, what you are. Ah, Gabby is a manifesting generator. And mm -hmm. um, so you could see now if we, let's look at her as a manifesting generator against this gentleman that was also a manifesting generator. And you see, even though they have, they're a similar type, their charts are completely different. There are different gates that are defined for her than for him. There is just a different energy signature here completely where his emotional center was connected to the throat. She actually has the spleen connected to the throat. She's here to tell people what she sees, <laughs> sort of a psychic, right? As someone who is very intuitive. A lot of times the people that have this energy don't think that they are, but they really are very intuitive. It is Mercury that's sitting there for her. So Gabby, um, you really are here with a role to speak to what you see or what you intuit or what you know about somebody because you also have a defined throat and she also has the emotional center up there to the throat. Now, where Gabby can get into trouble that this person here wouldn't and that I, in a way, um, uh, Sarah would get into trouble a little bit, but not as much as her, is that the two, there are two pressure centers in your human design. One is the head center and the other is the root center. The head center pressure is about answering questions, the who, what, why, when, where, how, can you prove it? And these are questions that are not necessarily being asked by anyone, but the person with especially an open head will feel pressure to answer those questions. So often it causes them to, the, to relieve the pressure by leaping into something, right? They just get inspired and they take action. And uh, of course it was the wrong action or it wasn't meant for them or it was the wrong timing. So an open head is always feeling pressured to answer that question. Um, and it can cause them to, you know, get inspired to do things. And then a couple days later go, what was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was out of my mind, right? Now, the root center is also a pressure center, and its pressure is to do. So people who have an open 
or white root center are often feeling the push of stress to do something. So they become more like human doings rather than human beings because they're always adding to that to-do list. You know, you might have a to-do list with all these things on it. Um, and you or I, I don't remember what you are, honestly. I, um, but I know for me, if I had a list, I'd be checking things off. And when it's done, it's done. People who have an open root center like you, uh, Miss Gabby, likely keep adding to that list. So by the end of the day, they're exhausted because, and they feel like they haven't gotten anything done. Because all day they've been doing, doing, doing in order to break free from the doing, but they never get free of the damn doing. So for them, it's like this constant rat race going round and round. So the best answer for that is to recognize when it's happening and make your to-do list if you're a to-do lister. Uh, I say that because you're a, you're a Virgo and Virgos love lists. Um, get your to-do list, but don't add to it unless it's something super important, right? Something that's critical. Mm -hmm. Let it go until the next day so that you can be free. So you freed yourself up without the stress of having to keep going and going and pushing and going and doing more. Mm -hmm. Hopefully that is making sense to her. She has said lots of love. Mm -hmm. Yes. Gabby, maybe another comment so we can see. Okay, well, we'll... Uh, yes, and uh, it is, thank you. Isn't that wonderful? Well done, Gabby. Well, and, and there's also this other thing that's going on in her chart. Let's see if that was going on in our, Sarah, no, Sarah doesn't have this channel right here, the 46 to the 29, and in particular, the gate 29, which our Gabby over here has the whole channel defined. Um, that particular gate is a gate that likes to say yes to everything. <laughs> they commit themselves to death. And if you are out there committing yourself to things, to everything, and you have an open root center, you're creating even more stress. The stress now is about being able to handle all those commitments that you've made. So the wisdom that you're here to learn about that is to commit to the right things or in human design speak to commit to the correct things for you. And what that would mean is as a generator type, you're here to respond to what shows up in your outer world, not the things that come up from within you. And I know because you have a defined spleen that you may often have intuitive guidance that's telling you, do this, this is the way to go. But for a generator, that is not a generator type, you're a manifesting generator, you don't do that. You wait until something is in your outer world that matches that, then you can take action. Up until that point, you don't take action, right? If it's something, an idea, an inspiration, uh, you wait until there's something in your outer world that matches that picture. Sort of like looking for synchronicities or omens or uh, cledons or, you know, the coinkydinks that, you know, we all kind of see. And when you have that, then you wait even just a little bit longer because you are emotionally defined you need to wait until you can check in with yourself about how you're feeling. And you don't ask, how am I feeling? You say, does this feel good? Does this feel right? Does this feel timely? Does this make me happy? Does this bring me joy? Any of those kinds of questions that note all answer in yes or no. <laughs> Not if you say how, it's a longer open-ended question and you get too much in the mind. 
So you're asking yes or no questions of yourself to gain clarity. So you give yourself at least 24 hours before you make a major decision so that you're making a correct decision so that when you do say yes and you are committed, that you don't just half-heartedly get engaged with whatever it is. You full on, full body, full, full heart, get involved. So hopefully that helps you to determine well, Gabby is delighted. She said that you're so right. So how fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And Anaya is saying, this is perfect for me, Janet. So very, very good. I love it. Yeah. And we have Ursula who has a question. Hi, Janet. This is Ursula. Hi, Ursula. O'Farrell, yes. Would you please look at my chart and let me know more about my two motors? Am a projector with emotional authority? All righty. September. Yeah, I think I have her in here. Uh, O'Farrell Ursula. Indeed, I do. Mm. So Ursula is also a projector. She is what we would call an emotional projector. I want to hide her birth information. I can't do that this way. Well, sorry, Ursula. Um, so you actually have so two motors. So she's asking about these two pieces right here. This is called the will center, sometimes also called the heart center, uh, sometimes called the ego center. Essentially, he, here's a little backstory to this one. These two centers, uh, the identity center and the heart center, were at one point united. And somewhere in our evolution, they split apart, likely at about a point in time, maybe just pre-industrial revolution, where we were really learning to have our own identity as an individual, as opposed to uh, a member of a family or a church or a, a, a native a nationality kind of thing. It split apart. So we became a two heart centered type of being one part of, of our identity, the seed of the soul, right? The, the part where our soul resides and this one being the heart center of um, how we show up as an ego in the world. And so the, there's only one channel and I'm sorry, that keeps popping up there. There's only one channel, the 2551 that brings those two centers back together that unites them. So the will center or the ego center or the heart center is a center that is meant to manage and allocate resources, let's say. So time, money, people, uh, energy, and it can get into the worst way of, um, it is endurance, it's perseverance, energy, and literally only one eighth of the population has it defined like Ursula does. And that means seven eighths of the population is out there believing they have willpower, endurance, and perseverance, and yet they really don't. So they end up in this competitive mode with the people who do have this kind of endurance. And one of the shadow energies on the planet is competition and greed and what have you. So it's literally a, a lesson for all of humanity, uh, you know, that we see in these two centers in trying to bring them back together into unity, togetherness. And it's interesting because the gate at one end on the red end here is uh, the gate of shock. And on the other end is the gate of universal love. So often it is the most shocking things in our lives that bring us back to wholeness, 
right, that bring us back to that center, to, that reorient us in our soul. Sometimes it's a major illness. Sometimes it's the death of a loved one close to us. Sometimes it's the loss of a job. Sometimes it's the birth of a child. Sometimes it's, you know, other positive things, the winning of a lottery, um, all kinds of, you know, wonderful things can create the shock that then helps us bring those two centers back together. Now, hers, uh, Ursula, yours happens to be connected to the spleen. So through the channel that we think of as the channel, uh, or I think of this as the channel of integrity. It's very much, um, let's see, how can I portray this? If you think of the a sales situation, right? I'm a salesman, let's make you the salesperson, and I'm the client, I'm the customer. You have real skill at selling yourself. When a salesperson gets a bad rap, it's because they are not in their integrity and they're trying to sell you something you don't need or something you don't want. So this particular channel helps you stay aligned with integrity. If you were in business for yourself or you were selling products, um, you would be likely someone that could be trustworthy. But there's also the potential in this gate to be uh, someone who's not trustworthy, who has to work on uh, the energy of integrity. So it could be a theme in your life. It could be something you've worked on already. Now, the other thing that comes to mind, I, and I, I'm going on and on, so please tell me if someone else needs my attention too, but um, this particular... Can I just say, Janet, Becky says that she's sent a request. I cannot see it. So, Becky, could you send your request again, please? Um, and we can go. take a look at hers, too. Uh, yes, if she gives us the information. Okay. Gabby says that she's going to listen to the replay. And I was going to su suggest that this is another thing that's so fantastic because we can re-watch uh, if we think that we've missed something or if we'd like to concentrate further, of course, we can. And yep. so another bonus with these shows now. And there's another bonus. If you're someone out there listening to this broadcast and you've not yet gotten your human design chart or report, all you have to do is go to my website at www.living-astrology.com. Don't forget the hyphen. Um, you can order your own chart and report. So it comes with some explanation as to what all of this means for you. Um, not just sending you this, you know, blank chart and you're going, what? Um, so you can do that. Go to the website, request that. Now that I already have the chart in here, it'll be just a moment for me if it's you, Gabby, because I'm not sure if you've had a chart before. Um, Ursula, I know you have yours. And uh, Sarah, I think you have yours too. Uh, but anybody else listening later, uh, go to the website and get that. It's it's amazing information. And um, then if you're so inclined, you can go on to have a reading where I can personally walk you through your human design. Fabulous. Well, Stephanie's great. She's saying, hi, hey, Janet. I'm so glad I found you here live. We're glad you did too, Stephanie. Is that Stephanie Coy? My Australian yes. buddy down there. Uh, yay. I'm glad you're here, Stephanie. Um, I, I'd like to finish something up with Ursula's yes. chart, if that's possible. Um, mm -hmm. Because Ursula, you have all this energy, both through emotions and through the will. And you're a projector. 
And so I can already see that there is a potential here for you to endure and persevere with determination and tenacity to stick with something, even though your energy may be failing you in that respect. So you need to be very careful that when you do take on a project or you do take on something, that it's through that medium of an invitation. And then you're waiting a little bit longer before you say yay or nay, uh, because you're emotionally defined as well. So you have this little bit of an elongation in the time between the invitation being extended and you accepting or not accepting it because otherwise you could use that endurance and perseverance to stick with something, even though it's blowing your energy out or burning you out. And that is so, so, so important, right? Manage your energy so that you're only getting engaged with the things that are correct for you, that feel good to you, that are uh, joyful to you, that, you know, you're getting that emotional, aha, uh -huh, I want that. And uh, not all of the things that come to you. Okay, that's important. So I hope that helps. Now, the emotional center was the other motor she was speaking of. She said she had two yeah. motors. Yes. This is the emotional solar plexus. And it is the center that is where humanity is evolving toward. So up until this point in our history, the spleen has been the dominant force for survival on the planet. And meaning that fear and instinct and intuition have been how we have survived all these centuries, all these millennia, right? So it's done us well. Uh, but now as we have uh, evolved, these energies here in the spleen have become fear energies instead of survival energies. They're keeping us in false evidence appearing real, right? That mm. acronym for fear. So this center is fading out of importance as the emotional center is gaining in importance. And eventually, as we get into 2027, this is the center that overtakes the spleen as the primary uh, source of survival for human beings. I'm not even sure that survival would be the word I would use because the emotions become a very powerful barometer that informs you almost, you know, through just time that you're on the right path or you're not act, acting mm. very much like a compass and uh, mm, it's going to take some time <laughs> because we're sort of not emotionally intelligent yet um, but we are all going through this leap by the way this isn't just the new kids on the block being born all of us all of humanity will be moving toward this leap that opens up that emotional center as the center through which we will um, make decisions, right? That we will really understand the concept of emotional reaction versus response, where reaction gets us into trouble. Response allows us the time to choose, how do I want to show up in this situation? So it's fascinating. That part fascinates me probably more than anything in human design, is that, <laughs> that emotional center. Right. Yeah. Well, Ursula says, thank you, Janet. You are a superstar. I would agree with that. <laughs> thank we you very much. Becky sent her information through. Becky, I am unable to see it. You, maybe you can put it up again. And uh, if we run out of time, please go to Janet's uh, website, uh, living-astrology.com where you will be able to gain a um, 
a free human chart, which will be good. Yeah. And, chart and a report. It's like a 10 page, 12 page report. Wow. So there's a lot of good information in the report. Um, it's, you know, small. It's not like uh, it's, you know, intensive information, but it's a lot for someone who's new uh, yeah. to take in. And then you can decide if you want to go further with that or not. And Becky, maybe I know Becky. Um, I have lots of charts in here. Maybe I've done a chart for you before. So uh, maybe... Maybe she Becky. sent it through. Do I have a Becky? Becky Beckner? Vechner? Don't think so. Okay. I don't recognize that name. Sorry. Boo. No. Well, Beckner. boo for not having the chart, but yay for a new person introduced to human design. Yes. <laughs> and Rosie Ware is with us now. Rosie and I go back a long, long way. And now Rosie's doing work with Anaya. Nice. Uh, and Rosie is saying, this is human design, yeah? Yes, it is. And Rosie knows that she is a manifesting generator. Lots of energy, lots of energy. Earlier. Yeah. Yes. And she would love to learn more too. So the website, Rosie, uh, and they have put up earlier, and Janet and I have both said, uh, living-astrology. Correct. Or if you Google Janet Hickox, I'm sure it's going to come up. Likely it will indeed. It's funny because there's a guy who is an astrologer who has living astrology. It's probably why when I you know, named my business that I couldn't get livingastrology.com. I had to have the hyphen in it. Ah. And sometimes he gets emails for me and he's so generous. He you know, tells the person, look, I think you're going you know, for someone else. Oh. <laughs> and um, then the person could reach out and get the right one. So he's a dear to, to do that. Uh, so that mm -hmm. hyphen is very important because that differentiates me from him. And he's a different oh. type of astrologer, doesn't do human design. Um, okay. So, um, I want to give. Has a question. Sorry. No, go ahead, Stephanie. What's your Stephanie question? Says, I have a split definition. Yes, and cannot remember what that means. Could you um, please clarify? Yeah, Stephanie, would you mind if I put your chart up for everybody to see? I know sometimes that's tricky. Some people don't like to do that, but. If you don't mind, it would be so useful for other people to understand it if they had it as well. And is she answering it? No, not just yet. Were you going to, because I know you're in the midst of, you were going to say something else. Uh, well, what I was going to do is, well, let's just wait. Let me hide this for a second um, while she decides if that's okay for her. Mm. Um, I was going to tell our manifesting generators who are out there, uh, and I think we had a couple of them here this today, uh, a little tidbit of advice. Manifesting generators differentiated from generators are designed to multitask. They're they're, if you, you know the fable of the tortoise and the hare, they're the hare, right? They're jumping out from the gate, then they leap over here, then they may take a rest, and then they may go backwards or they may go forward. They're jugglers. And that, that's, they have formidable energy that can allow them to do that. Um, if they, it can present them with two kinds of problems. One, they get themselves involved in all kinds of things. And now the juggling becomes very complex and they almost burn out because of that. <laughs> or all of the balls fall and they, you know, don't, then they have a mess. Um, or on the other hand, sometimes they just get caught up in not being able to make a decision about what 
types of things they need to get involved with. If that happens, then the energy just sits in their body and pings around all over the place, not really going out anywhere, not having an outlet. And if that's the case, manifesting generators can get very ill just from that energy not having an expression. So it's always better for a manifesting generator, especially, to have outlets, multiple outlets for their energy. It might mean making money from a J-O-B job like that they go to every day. Maybe they are on the side, they have a side business. Maybe they have some, you know, uh, investments that make money for them, other things, in other words, that they can be focused on because they do have so much energy going on. Mm. Now, Stephanie has got back to it and yet yeah, no problems, share away. Sorry. All right. So where did I Thank put you, you Stephanie? <laughs> Let's just open <laughs> this back up again. I hid you and now I don't know where I put you. Yeah. <laughs> I think Isn't this... We're, it's so fortunate that we're sharing screen, you're sharing screens today. I love Jen. being able this to do that. Fabulous. It's like being a real teacher. It's like yeah. being a real teacher. I'm a real teacher because I have a whiteboard that has information on it and a pointer. <laughs> this is my pretend laser pointer. So uh, Stephanie is also a manifesting generator, a lot of energy, a lot of power, a lot mm -hmm. of things to do, a lot of, a lot of, uh, possibility of express, expressing that energy. Now, what Stephanie was asking was about definition. And what we mean by definition is, you see where these um, centers are colored in, right? You see she's got five of them in color. Split definition means that not all five of those centers that are defined are working together, that they are split somewhere. And let's see, the split is coming, let's see, the throat is connected to the sacral, which is connected to the the identity center, but the identity center, the yellow diamond is not connected to the ego center or the heart center, uh, but yet the heart center is connected to the emotional center. So there's this split here, a divide, mm -hmm. if you will. And someone who has split definition can sometimes feel like there's, like they can't bring everything together. Like they need something to help them. We call it bridging um, so that they can get done they can get more done or they can have more realization in what it is that they want to get done. For her, the bridge would be likely right here through the gate 51, the gate of shock, um, when the people who have splits go out into public, unbeknownst to them, other people are filling in the gap. And mm -hmm. so they may feel like when they're around more people that they can get more done uh, or that opportunities open up for them that don't when they're just home alone and uh, or, you know, isolated if they're always with the same people, right? If you're always with the same people, it can get very frustrating. You may feel like you've been painted into a corner. So consequently, this type of person needs to get out into the world and be, uh, you, you don't even have to go like consciously and talk to people, really just being out there and around other people's energies can help to fill that split for you and help you to gain clarity about what to do or about what the opportunity is that you want to take up. So get out. Now, for you, Stephanie, it's complicated a bit because a part of you, you have this conundrum, great word, conundrum, right? Yes. It's one part of her energy that is very active and wants to get out there and be. And another part of her that is a hermit that wants to withdraw and stay away and uh, hide or, you know, be in sanctuary. 
And when she's in that sanctuary or in that safe spot or in that quiet space, people are calling her out. They want her to come back out. And then when she does go out, she's wishing that she was back in her sanctuary. Then when she's in her mm -hmm. sanctuary, the phone is ringing and all these things are happening to call her out. So it's a possibility that at times, if you're tempted to stay away, like you hide yourself too long, that this can be a source of frustration. So instead going out and then at other times going out and networking could also be a source of frustration. It's just a conundrum. It just means that you have to find a solution that works for you where you spend enough time alone and you spend enough time out in public. Boundaries. <laughs> There's no boundaries. <laughs> Definitely. But that's what the split definition is all about. Mm. Uh, it just means you need some bridging to help you uh, let those centers fire all together instead of in separate directions. Janet, today has been absolutely amazing. I'm so uh, glad. I know I'm going to be listening again. Because <laughs> it's like information overload. Um, I'd is. like to thank you. I'd like to thank those lovely people, Gabby and Stephanie and Rosie and Becky. Sarah. Please follow through. I'm really sorry. I I looked Priscilla. back and I couldn't find um, your information. So please, please reach out to Janet through living-astrology.com, <laughs> and uh, maybe you can join us next month and. Uh, be have a reading on air that would yeah. be what will we talk about next month Annette who knows whoa we'll, we'll have to look back at um July and see what yeah. um what is presented yeah well just for the heads up July itself seems a much tamer month than the other months that we've been living through at least initially we'll have some craziness and then after that it calms down a bit so by the end of July when we next meet we'll be looking at August and ah. more craziness begins. Actually, <laughs> it's September, but <laughs> prepare in August. Get ready ah, for it. Just amazing, isn't it? We just, oh, I never know. Now, Janet, we've had a fabulous show. And coming up in half an hour will be uh, Anaya and Carol Ann. They're doing a weekly show now at 11.30 uh, Brisbane time on a Thursday. So for those who have enjoyed this show, uh, go and grab your, go for a little, you know, shake of the body, etc. Grab yourself <laughs> a cuppa. <laughs> I love the way you describe that. Join uh, Anaya and Caroline very soon. I look forward to being with you all next week. I have uh, a special show with Barry Ocatel next Wednesday morning our time uh, at 9.30 a.m. And then on Thursday, Janet, I have Robbie Holtz coming with me. I love me some Robbie. Ah, uh, yes. And she so has nice. created a wonderful book, Vibrant Living, to help us through this pandemic and to introduce those of us who are unaware of our um, guardian angels and all of those angels that are out there to assist us. So please, everybody, there's so much, and that's just happening in my world. My goodness me, um, the other presenters on Angel Heart Radio. 
uh, here to assist you. And of course, Janet, you have your daily show as well that people can join. And um, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. Pacific time on my Living Astrology YouTube channel. Very, very good. That one's easy to find. You just put Living Astrology and then it, I'm the only one. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Have a you, fabulous Annette. rest of the day. Take and care. Week, et cetera. Yes. Stay well. Stay happy. Bye-bye. <laughs>